1: Hello and welcome to another Baseball America podcast. This is Josh Norris and Hudson Balinski recording on a snow day here in North Carolina where we got uh, a couple inches of snow, some ice, some sleet, just kind of nasty conditions. But if you're from the Northeast like Hudson and you know, briefly me, uh, you realize that this isn't exactly a, a big deal in a lot of other regions. Summertime out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's baseball weather. Let's go play.
2: Yeah. Seriously. Sure. So, uh, and you want to go hit some fungos later? Yeah. Sure, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's cold out. It's crappy. It, it's not not nice out here, but it, it's it's gonna be uh, negative thirty or whatever it is with wind chill in, in upstate New York right now. Um, so I'll, I'll take it. And I imagine that some at some point in the next two weeks or so, it will be warm out again. Uh, we're we're coming off of uh, nine days ago, we were at NC State, and it was 75 and sunny as we watched baseball. And then this past weekend, it was kind of yucky and gross. And before you know, getting to, to last night, it started to snow for the first time in North Carolina. Apparently ever, because nobody's prepared for it. Well, um, you
1: say ever, but it happened exactly a year ago. On um, the opening weekend of college baseball last year, there was a snowstorm.
2: Hmm. And the, the reason I say that is because everyone was was very afraid of, of outside. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems to be a little bit of overkill, uh, but I, I can understand it uh, culturally, just not being prepared for this kind of thing.
1: I think I think it's a fair chance that either you or I will be on the road at some point today, not necessarily to a game or anything, but we'll probably drive somewhere. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, I mean, we don't drive, like, 4x4s four or trucks I drive a roller skate of a car, uh, a
2: Yaris, and you drive. My car has four, four tires, um, brakes, and that's about it. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, my car is now old enough to legally drink. because it's, it's a 94, so it's, it's 21 years of age. Um, yeah, so but. I don't think it's a good idea to just start dumping Jack Daniels in the, the gas tank, but... Uh, but it's, you know it's it,
1: allowed. It can, it can it can it can load up on the ethanol at the very least, <laughs> and uh, and from what I hear, it's been guzzling gas for years. Yeah. And how many miles
2: do you have on your car? Um, hundred eighty four thousand.
1: Yeah, I've got about a hundred and thirty one, and I'm a two thousand and seven car, so uh, I've been doing a lot of driving.
2: Yeah. Um, well, so I bought my car. had about ninety thousand on it when I was seventeen. Actually, I was 18 at the time when I got this car. Um, so that's about four years of, of driving, almost 100,000 miles. That seems about right for, for what we do, 25,000 or so miles per year.
1: Hard living for a car, and honestly, for people too. Um, but anyway, we talk about baseball in this podcast sometimes.
2: Oh, uh, Sometimes.
1: And you know, you ask me this all the time. Did you
2: see any game this weekend, Hudson? I did. Uh, I started off my weekend in Wilmington. Uh, North Carolina. UNC, UNC Wilmington. Yeah. Um, and saw a couple games there on Friday. Um, the first one, first game I saw this college season was Kentucky uh, against Ball State. Uh, I was hoping to see Kyle Cody there on Friday. That did not happen. It was Dustin Beggs winning the number one job for Kentucky. Uh, you can read the full report I have on him on our site. Um but Dustin Beggs, a, a very impressive SEC arm. Uh, Going to bump 91. Everything breaks late and moves. Um, got to see him go head-to-head with Ball State's Zach Plesak, who was a, a 12-game winner last year as a freshman. Um, big-bodied nephew of uh, Dan Plesak of MLB fame. And MLB, and MLB Tonight fame. Yeah. Um not quite there yet for me. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to pitch in the 92 94 range at some point uh, just because the raw arm speed and physicality is there. Um, but still coming along and more flash than consistency at this point. Uh, but so, yeah, two two impressive arms there. Uh, and then the rest of the weekend I saw lots of games. That night I saw UNC Wilmington against. Richmond. The next day, I saw Kentucky against Richmond, Coastal Carolina versus Western Kentucky, um, Maryland versus Old Dominion, and then I, I wrapped the weekend up on on Sunday with Old Dominion uh, against Canisius. So it, it was a busy weekend, but there was a lot of good baseball um, and good to get eyes on a lot of these guys for the first time. Yeah, and you you uh, you saw what like that sounds like seven teams you saw. In a span of like three days yeah and, and that's what's good about these uh these facilities down here and um unc wilmington i, I think it's just a gorgeous facility uh, especially for you know for what it is uh, non-power conference uh division one baseball team to have that nice of a facility is awesome and um they've you know put together a pretty good program over there and um yeah, they were very accommodating. Very nice press box area. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good place to, to watch a baseball game. Um, so,
1: so while you were at UNCW, which are the Seahawks, mm-hmm. did you see any Seahawks? Um, Commonly known as Osprey. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson was in the crowd. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see any Seahawks. That's actually weird because last year when I was when I started I started my season there there last year with uh, a former one of our writers. Um, we saw tons of Seahawks there. They were just scouring the grounds. And I'm walking back to my car at one point to get my gloves because I overestimated how cold it was or underestimated how cold it was. And I'm walking by, and a Seahawk dives over my head, lands at a tree, plucks a squirrel out, and
2: keeps going. They might have been there. I was focused on other things. Um, you know, there's a time between innings that you can notice the wildlife? No, then that's the one good thing about getting out to games like this is when you're seeing a new team for the first time on both sides and you're trying to focus on both teams, you find yourself kind of feverishly jotting down notes in between innings. Um, and so it's kind of getting me back into, to my form of, of taking better notes and being more attentive and making sure I'm recording my thoughts uh, and collecting everything. So it was good. It was a first weekend for me, for sure um, in the sense that I'm still getting you know caught up on my, my little system.
1: Okay. And I, I saw two games because I, compared to you, am a slacker, uh, and saw Ion, a doubleheader between Iona and Missouri uh, played at the Team USA Complex in Cary. And it was an interesting day. I mean, neither of those two teams are really uh, powerhouse teams. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure why they were playing here, quite frankly. I bet they were thinking they were coming in, going to get some warm weather instead of Iona's weather, and I'm sure it's pretty cold in the Midwest too, but joke was on them. It was like 27 degrees. In any case, um, there were a few guys. uh, Most notably, I thought Brecken Williams, the closer for uh, Missouri, who pitched in both ends of the doubleheader. He threw, I think, seven pitches in the first game, and so they brought it back in the second. He was 92-93 consistently uh, with a lot of cut on his ball, and it made it hard for anybody on Iona to do anything with it. Uh, I think he had Three or four strikeouts in both appearances combined. For some reason, a bunt back to the pitcher, and I don't think they made much contact. Other than that,
2: um, so to put you on the spot a little bit, um, is he strictly reliever only in your opinion, or was oh, there yeah. any? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's a high-effort delivery guy. Um, I know he has a breaking ball because he showed it in warmups, but he didn't use it in the game because he didn't seem to need it at all. Mm-hmm. He had one pitch that I thought was a two-seamer that broke away late and dived at 90 miles an hour. And that's the only thing I saw that wasn't some sort of fastball or some sort of a a 92, 93 mile an hour pitch. So he just kind of cut through them like a hot knife through butter. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a shortstop named Ryan Howard, which is awesome because they have a third base coach named Hunter Mentz. So so it's a whole lot of kind of cool Phillies. And if you remember, by the way, Ryan Howard, the Philly, also played at his college ball in, uh, not at Missouri, but in the state of Missouri. Um, oh no, he might've been in Illinois, my bad, but he was...
2: One of those states out there. It could be Missouri. Uh, <laughs> either way, a Midwest Missouri, school. Missouri, Illinois, and can't... it was Missouri State confirming, uh, his baseball reference. That's right, computers, live on a podcast.
1: 22nd century here. I'm
2: just getting word that it was Missouri State.
1: <laughs> Sources. Uh... <laughs> Yes. In any case, he was, a, he was a smooth little defender at shortstop, he kept the bat in the zone a long time, made solid contact, just a nice little player. I don't know if he's, he's not, not going to be a huge name, but he's a sophomore, didn't have a great year last year. I think he's a draft-eligible sophomore. Uh, we may need more sources to confirm that, and Hudson right now, if you can hear him clicking, is confirming with his sources mm-hmm. uh, whether he's a draft-eligible sophomore. The broadcaster for Missouri, who was sitting right behind me and had the misfortune of sitting there for 18 innings in the cold having to broadcast... Nice. What? Yikes. Yeah. Noted that he was a draft-eligible sophomore, but there are other places that say he's not. Either way, I like the guy a little bit. He's definitely going to get drafted at some point, whether it's 2015 or 16. Um, Iona had a guy, uh, Eddie Macaluso, a left-hander who was 85-86, On his first outing after Tommy John surgery. He threw fastball, curveball, change for strikes and was doing very well to to deal with... uh, Missouri for for his game. And Reggie McLean on the other side pitched eight scoreless innings, I think nine strikeouts, allowed three base runners, picked two of them off, and was the same idea. Fastball, curveball, changeup, all for strikes. Very quick worker, big, lanky guy. A transfer from, I believe, Georgia uh, in the SEC. And he's going to do real well uh, at the very least with Missouri. Fastball changeup is his first and second pitch, and the curveball is just there as a show me right now. But you know, it was it was an okay day. It certainly wasn't not, not a lot of big names to light up the draft board. But mm-hmm. I think it's a little more fun to try to see if you can have a guy catch your eye now,
2: every now and then in one of these games that may not be star studded. For sure, I love that. That's that's almost more fun than than going to see a you know an elite guy for me.
1: Well, then we'll we'll I guess we're, neither of us are gonna have terrible fun this weekend because we're gonna see some elite guys.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be so boring.
1: I it's gonna be awful. It's just blasé. <laughs> I just. Ugh. I feel so dirty. Um, you are going to stay here in the Triangle because you uh, did all your driving last weekend, and you are going to see at least some of the UCLA-UNC series, which is just awesome to even think about. You're going to have guys on guys on guys on guys in that game. Just yeah. Tell us what guys are going to be on other guys in that game.
2: Um, so, first off, that's a that's a great matchup for just for college baseball in general. You're talking about two of the... I think they're consensus top 10 teams in the country um, in terms of rankings right now. Um, but the, the rotation, for really, for both sides is nasty. When you're, you're thinking about it's going to be Caprellian against Thornton day one. Uh, and then, I mean,
1: Watson, I think, versus Moss game two, probably. Uh, and then I'd imagine it's Poteet versus Bukowskis um, game three. But obviously none of that's
2: confirmed. No. No. Um, it's not confirmed. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but, yeah, and I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure. That might be a four-game series. Well, sources. No, it's, no, it's not. It's a three-game series. Oh, I'll, by the way, while we're talking about sources, sources confirm that Ryan Howard is not a draft-eligible sophomore. Okay.
1: Well, either way, he's a name to keep an eye on if you're a, a fan of the Missouri Tigers. Yeah.
2: Um, but when you think about those two teams, not a lot of weaknesses for either one. Um, and UCLA being uh, a, a team that, that's kind of just dominant in the rotation, um, you you could get nitpicky offensively uh, with UCLA. And the, there's sort of the same thing to be said uh, of UNC. Um, but I think there's more offense there. Um, and there's there's certainly more draftable talent in the offense, uh, but perhaps more c- concerns in terms of defense up the middle. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a really good series to watch. Um, I'll also bounce over. Also, I'll see Iona again, I think. Or I'll be the second uh, so you Baseball saw, America person to see Iona. You saw Zach Plesak last weekend. You'll be seeing another famous
1: sports progeny.
2: I, I will likely see Mariano Rivera Jr., um, it's sort of unconfirmed though uh, I'm not sure how the schedule is going to shake out um, but then the next day um, the Saturday of that weekend I'll see UCLA and, and UNC and then I'll skip up to Gardner-Webb to see Cornell play there um, just to get some some looks at that squad and uh, you know, get to see some of my old compadres from Cornell and um, not sure if they'll be using any of their their top prospects this weekend, uh, but you know certainly a team that has some draftable talent, um, and then you know, get some eyes on Gardner Webb. Um, but how about you in terms of your weekend? What do you have planned? Well, you are going to see your alma mater, um,
1: and you're going to get to see guys you're familiar with. And in terms of not even players, just staff, I assume. But I am also going to my alma mater uh, this weekend. I'm going to go see three, I believe of the four Oregon games this weekend uh, in Eugene against New Mexico State. Um, I think, I mean, it's not decided yet. I'm sure the release will come out tomorrow because it's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday set uh, with the uh, with New Mexico State. But I think we'll get Cole Irvin, David Peterson, and we'll see who the Sunday guy is. I assume they'll give Trent Patton another go. Uh, but they have Garrett Clevenger, uh, Garrett Clevenger, if I can enunciate uh, as their closer as well. Um, and they have, uh, although Scott Heineman, I don't believe played in, uh, the series, uh, to open the year at Hawaii, but that's three guys, you know, uh, 2015 prospect of the best prospects in the Pac-12 in Cole Irvin, uh, 2017 draft prospect in David Peterson, who could have been a top, what, two rounds guy, uh, this year, had he not broken his leg skiing into a tree, um, and that's, that's that's plenty good for me. Um, I don't think I'll see any other schools because I don't. I, I would like to have seen Oregon State, but they're in Phoenix, so I will not be going to Phoenix.
2: Not going to make that commute?
1: No, it's a no. I hear it's a brutal commute. Huh. <laughs> I I guess I could, in theory, see Lane Community College if they've started, and they have a product out of there. Uh, Keenan Middleton. Oh yeah. With the uh, with the a uh, the a's the
2: Angels. Third rounder in thirteen. Yeah, maybe? drafted before anybody from Oregon State or Oregon, if I remember correctly, that draft. Yeah, athletic, uh, converted basketball player, a high upside guy. Hasn't seen a ton of success in pro ball yet, uh, but the tools are are undeniable. Uh, a guy who could pitch in the low nineties and would bump ninety five. Uh, raw arm speed, projectable curveball. Yeah, for sure. I remember I was
1: listening to that draft. I had no idea of Keenan Middleton. I didn't know Keenan Middleton from Keenan Thompson. And I heard well, that the, name. The
2: key difference is that there's a Y in Keenan Middleton's name. Well, that's the key. Keenan. That's the key. That's the key. Oh <laughs> my um,
1: goodness. <laughs> um, uh, and I heard that name come across the draft, and I kind of fell out of my chair. Oh my goodness, there are draft prospects at Lane CC. I, I feel bad. I was just there. I had just been there to see uh, Mark Appel, who was a notable draft prospect in that in that draft. Hmm. I, I think if I have my years correct. Yep. Uh, so I'd seen them and um, and Jake Reed and that series, another notable guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, there was another talent right under my nose. Mm-hmm. So sue me. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to go see those guys this weekend, and uh, there's going to be a couple other projects that really don't um, relate to necessarily college baseball. I'm going to go to Linfield College, which is in McMinnville, Oregon, and I'm going to interview their manager, noted former Yankees third baseman Scott Brocious, who has one of the more enviable resumes of just about any person in baseball right now, Even, especially considering he's 48 years old. He's a, a three-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP, um, an all-star, a gold glover. He was the coach of the year, I believe two-time coach of the year for USA Baseball, um, coached the, the, eight, the 15 U-teams in 2011 and 12, uh, which teams that featured Addison Russell he also did coach an 18U team at one point. I believe so. Yes, yeah. uh, I might. I might be screwing that. It might, might be the 18U teams. Um, either way, Addison Russell, Joey Gallo, the aforementioned Cole Irvin, Chris Oakey, mm-hmm. uh, a ton of other guys. Carson Sands was in there. Mm-hmm. A ton of guys. And
2: I believe Zach Collins. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and moreover, he's now he's the coach at, at Linfield, which is his alma mater, and he led them to their first national title or in their in their de- division. So yeah, he's had a he's done a few things, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be a really interesting feature um, in the next issue of Baseball America.
2: Yeah, that's it uh, has got to be a a little bit of an easier sell when you're recruiting, to to put your hands on the table and um, you know have the light glaring off of your rings. Um, I can imagine if you're you're picking between Northwest junior colleges, those might be a, a pretty pretty easy sell yeah and if you
1: if the rings don't do it you can always lean your hands back and point up at your 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 plaques your gold glove plaque your world mv series mvp plaque yeah for sure Just say you know uh, or maybe you can give those those Ford mentioned gallo and russell a call and have them give testimonials to your your style of coaching
2: yeah that's that's a pretty cool idea and i'm looking forward to seeing what you you churn out there um so you wanted to talk about some some other things uh, Particularly uh, Alex Rodriguez. Well,
1: if you're listening today, we'll we'll make this real quick. Um, He issued a handwritten letter today apologizing for his past transgressions, of which if you are listening to this podcast, you have a good idea of what those transgressions were. Uh, We won't spend too much time touching on it because, again, you know what it is. What do you think, Hudson? Uh,
2: Well... I think that this is one of those things people are going to be mad no matter what happens. Um, Yankees fans are going to feel that someone's on a witch hunt and they have the
1: whole thing the whole time because it, it does seem that A-Rod's the biggest fish that you know keeps popping up in these steroid things because he is the one of the biggest fish, or was at the time, in but, the game.
2: But also, I feel like people are going to be upset with him if he doesn't formally apologize. I think there's people who are making... You know, making snide comments about the fact that he's apologizing like there are other things to be mad at alex rodriguez for apologizing is not one of them i mean it's already talked the, the talk
1: on the social media <clears> is <throat> he's apologizing in in written form and they were talking about him there was talk about him doing so on the player's tribune which i thought would have been kind of cool <laughs> um in lieu of a press conference, right, so he doesn't have to answer questions from the media. So it's already been spun. I mean, I can't say totally inaccurately uh, that he's doing this to save some of his remaining hide at this point.
2: Which is what? There's nothing. There's nowhere to go but up for Era. Right. He you, you
1: can come back. If he hits 10 home runs this year, it's not $30 million worth, but it's more than you thought you might get. I mean, that. Given the playing time, it's, you it's he get. It's a sunk
2: cost having you out on your team and in your organization. There's a contract in place. You're paying that money anyway. And if he hits six more home runs,
1: I think he gets a, a, a sizable performance bonus for tying Willie Mays, which the Yankees are already disputing whether or not they want to pay him, which uh, I guess the only way... To, uh, this is a legal term, but tough. You signed it.
2: Yeah, but uh, it's also... Um, Signed as a a, as a way to marketing expenditure which is arguably it's bad press I would say at this point so there is there is something to stand on I I doubt they'll they'll get all of it back or or any of it I mean they may get some of that Um, but I think they're looking legally for a settlement there rather than to get all of that money back for every potential um, bonus so
1: yeah, um, so yeah, I, I really don't think too much of it, but also uh, in, in the same related vein, uh, Tony Bosch, the, the founder of Biogenesis, the guy who provided Arod with all of his to- uh, trokies and stuff like that, his gummies, uh, was sentenced to four years in federal prison today. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to serve immediately or if he's going to have time to get his affairs in order, but that's also in the news, so I guess baseball is dominating the conversation today. All I can say to that is, hey, Yoan Moncada, sign soon so we can talk about real baseball players. Yeah, that's. I mean... Oh, which I should I should mention, Ben Badler has yet another uh, fantastic article running down the potential of the five best candidates for uh, Moncada's services at ba.com. If you're not reading Ben Badler at this point, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, it's one of the most important beats, I think. Uh, in, in our little world of, of professional, amateur prospect uh, talk and he dominates it. It, it, it. It's it's Coca-Cola and then there's Tab and Ben's Coca-Cola. I don't know what Tab is. He's Okay, Hudson Belinsky is very young. He's 22 <laughs> years old and he looks 12. <laughs> hey, I do
2: not look 12.
1: Alright, 13. I look older than you. <laughs> I look like Methuselah. Um, who? That's right. <laughs> you might be too young to remember Methuselah. Okay, so Methuselah references on a BA podcast. Oh, we're, at, we're at one.
2: Uh, so this this weekend, I also had some some southern food, uh, barbecue. I don't know if it if it is in the same category as as something like the Q Shack that we've discussed earlier on a podcast. Uh, but I had cookout for the first time. Which um, I thought they got my order wrong when I first got my, when they told me how much it was going to cost, a very cheap, inexpensive meal, uh, and a pretty sizable serving, um, and edible. So um, I'm gonna give it a give it a solid fifty. You know, you're you're happy to have you know a meal like that on your team. Um, So I'm gonna go go with a fifty for them, but then. I think I'm going to give my my first 60 of of the podcast uh, to a restaurant called Joey Dogs in Surfside Beach, uh, uh, South Carolina. Um, Served a a delicious Taylor ham egg and cheese sandwich. Um, I like neither of those things. Well, you're factually wrong. (laughs) Objectively wrong. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was... Taylor Ham's hard to mess up but they did a really good job with it. Um, and the the theme of the restaurant is dogs. So you open the door and you hear barking. And you, it's so clear that you think it's real um, but it's, it's just a motion sensor. So I'm going give to them, give them a 60 uh, for their Taylor Ham egg and cheese sandwich uh, and, and recommend them to anybody who may be passing through the Myrtle Beach area and wants to hit up joey dogs and surfside beach um
1: i obviously didn't go anywhere real far we had a i had a friend down this weekend and i introduced him to the q shack we ate there twice and i think he was pretty impressed he said to me you know i'm glad i'm not single and living by myself because i might eat here every day so uh (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah um and we also brought him to nana taco which is right next to um the q shack and it's um Tacos place, quite obviously. Uh, he got a burrito because you know he's got to be different. You can't have a taco; he's got to have a burrito, and that's one of the biggest burritos I've ever seen. He seemed to enjoy it, and we also took him to Chubby's, although I guess that's now Guacamaya in um, Interesting. in Durham. Well, I guess, and you know, I, I eat there pretty often. It's good. There's uh, there's tacos there, and I have the carne asada. And I don't grade my food on twenty eighty scale. I just say there. It's very good. It's delicious. Yeah,
2: but that, that that doesn't tell the listener anything. It's good. Go eat there. It's good. Go eat there. Then, I mean, that's like if you like good they, tacos, that's go eat that, there. So, so say I, I saw Kyle Cody this weekend. Said he had a good fastball. What would that mean? You can give me. His it's mile- a very good fastball. You should. He should throw it. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. That's the, the the reason we have a scouting scale is to, just so we can all speak the same language. Well, I think it would be... It's like if, the metric system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can all speak the same language. <laughs> metric system joke of the day here on uh, Bogged Down With or In Semantics. Bogged Down With Something. Bogged you, Down In Semantics. In Semantics uh, podcast. Either way, I like those meals, but... We are bogged give... down
2: in the semantics, not with them.
1: Well, I don't know what you do in your room, but I'm bogged down with in, them. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll give you a meal preview, and you know what? I will give you um, a grade on this. I am going to uh, Eugene, like I said, and I am going to eat at a place called the Jail. It's a little like hole-in-the-wall kind of Korean place. Lots of rice, lots of barbecued meat, uh, Korean barbecued meat, lots of that cabbage and sauce. And I'm going to give it a seventy because. Ooh,
2: ooh. It gets, it gets uh, Okay, it gets, defend it, defend
1: it. It's it a big sentimentality. Their sentimentality is a portion of the grade. That That's not... Oh, i that, doing that, it my that way. Not,
2: that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Oh. I think Colin Calgill is seems like a pretty awesome dude. No, 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 I'm no, not going to no. give him a grade jump because he seems like an awesome dude. It's really good food. I eat it every time I'm there. It's my favorite restaurant in the world. I'm giving it a 70. All right, well, I'm going to have to... Maybe we'll, we'll switch this trip up and you, you can go to UCLA and I'll go out there and, and need the jail. And uh, not on Sundays. though; was closed on Sundays. Like most jails.
1: <laughs> yeah. They just let the prisoners out on Sundays. Let the them trip. out on Sundays.
2: Uh, <laughs> Honor I, system. I, I was sure I, I did a, a random Wikipedia thing, which I, I, I do sometimes when I'm bored, I just go to Wikipedia and click random article. And the other day I found the, um, the balloon boy's mother was sentenced to weekend jail, which is exactly what it sounds like. On the weekends, you go to jail. Yeah, I think there was an athlete who got that, like two or three weekends of jail. That's that's absurd that that's a thing.
1: I don't know. I think that's a nice remedy for the prison overpopulation that we have. It is, but weekend Especially...
2: jail, that's like... Okay, so the time that you're... That you would spend, like, relaxing and doing nothing, you will spend relaxing and doing nothing in prison. Right. They take your fun away and they make you work during the week. That's... That's a punishment. That's the, such a poor punishment that it's, it doesn't even seem like a, a real punishment. No, he takes away your leisure time. You're left with 40 hours a week to, you know... I mean, the bigger thing is convicted felon and having that on your Or record. convicted misdemeanor. You it can, might not be a felon. Can, you can go to go to prison for a misdemeanor like that? Sure. Interesting. May have to do some Wikipedia
1: searching on that. So we've we touched on the Bible with Methuselah in this podcast, the legal system with felon versus misdemeanor and weekend jail. Uh sentimentality grades for food. Uh in or with semantics, so syntax semantics.
2: Um it's been a pretty good podcast, I think. Is there any other uh, baseball things you'd like to discuss? Um, I guess, have we talked about the the James Shields deal? Uh, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. Okay. Um, hmm. Pitchers and catchers are reporting,
1: which means it's the, uh, it's the return of bad spring training photos. So we oh, get that's those. exciting. Yeah, we get those on Twitter. There's lots of pictures. Of that. I saw Koji Uehara the other day. And the worst are, through no fault of their own, the Yankees beat writers and their uh, Twitter pictures because the R- rule R- a couple years ago, they're not allowed in the complex at Tampa until the minor league complex at Tampa until minor league spring training starts. So they have to take their pictures from over the fence. So you're gonna have dots that are in blue shirts uh, with pinstripes, not pinstripes, with the NY logo on the front and you're not gonna know who anybody is. You're gonna see captions like I'm pretty sure batting practice is going on over there. That might be Aaron Judge because he looks huge, Hmm. and here's Masahiro Tanaka because he was kind enough to come close to the fence to throw his warm-up. But it's been about three years now for the uh, the Sidewalk Six, as the beat writers call themselves, (laughs) and they just kind of wait in front of the complex for people to come out.
2: Um, I saw a photo this morning of uh, a photo from Andy McCullough, uh, from one of the the best Kansas City writers period yeah um and it's eric Hosmer wearing a sleeveless shirt with uh just like those those sleeves you'll wear like a comp- with compression like, sleeves like an on. Evo shield sleeve yeah so it, it sort of defeats the purpose of wearing a sleeveless shirt <laughs> <laughs> but i guess that it, i guess it gives you an option of like wearing short
1: sleeves or no sleeves in the middle of the day you get hot you don't want to take off your shirt maybe you got like a, a scar or something you feel self-conscious about you can just remove your sleeves that's probably not what he's going for and I'm probably like reading too much into this but that's my maybe, take maybe maybe not we'll have to, to to do some digging well JJ's going to Arizona this year so uh, for spring training so I'll have him ask Hosmer what's the deal with his sleeve look <laughs> sounds good and with that audible yawn
2: <laughs> we i will... guess we could talk about kanye west and... oh you like kanye west so expand upon that um i think he's he's doing it right
1: all right <laughs> i being much older than you um remember when he was just coming out when when through the wire started to hit or even before that when the i'm good mixtape came out and he started getting placements on big names um uh, the three placement pro- uh, beat placements he landed on Jay-Z's The Blueprint, which, if you remember, dropped on September 11th, 2001, which was just kind of an interesting footnote in the history of rap music. Um, Macy Gray had an album that day, too. Um, but in any case, he, he landed... Um, H to the Izzo was on that one, Heart of the City, which you also heard later in a, in a Buick commercial, if I remember correctly, and Girls, Girls, Girls was also... Uh, a J- uh, Kanye West production. He'd had ghost productions before that, and he'd done stuff with Twista and guys from Chicago, but that was really his first big break. Then he started moving stuff into into Scarface, and he got productions there, and he rapped on the hook. And then he got big, went through the wire hit. He really started to blow up, and that album was good top to bottom. Um, it hmm. was the era of the Chipmunk Soul Sample, which he kind of brought back. Uh, and then the next album, Late Registration, he kind of moved away from that and got... He worked with the producer, John Brion, who had worked with Fiona Apple, among others, and kind of got into a more darker orchestral sound, and it kind of evolved from there into what you hear today, from the the weird periods that were 808, heartbreak, which is just auto-tune and really weird bass drums that are used primarily in the South, uh, to the stuff he does today, which I think, you know, My Dark Twisted Fantasy was interesting. It was really... um, it was a mature sound, I thought, for Kanye West. And there were mm-hmm. some really good, sneaky good samples, like the riff from Iron Man that he used in one of the tracks that I can't remember what, what it's called at this point. Uh, but his rapping has gone downhill, I thought.
2: Oh. It just uh. bar
1: for bar, I think it's gotten worse. As he's gotten bigger, and he's gotten, his ego has gotten the better of himself. He's, he's gotten to that, that phase where you, instead of making a joke on a rap track, he'll just make a reference... He'll just set up a punchline and then make a reference. Just with one word will be the punchline. And I think that's kind of lazy rapping, and it's predominant. It's kind of the Lil Wayne approach to punchlines in rap.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I'm a hardcore rap fan, if you can tell.
2: Yeah, I I don't have that refined of a taste, but I remember Yeezus dropped during Perfect Game National in 2013. Um, And so that became... To and from hotel, listening music, uh, and then that sort of dominated the two thousand thirteen summer for me, and inspired me to go back and listen to pretty much every album he had put out um, in the previous decade. Um, you know, kind of starting with the college Dropout" movie, "Late Registration." Uh, for a while, eight hundred eight is probably my favorite. I, I can't; it's unlistenable to me. That's fact, Just again,
1: objectively wrong. Um, I don't like auto-tune, and I don't like 808 drums, so that kind of didn't really appeal
2: to me. I mean, lyrically, though. It's bad. I disagree. <laughs> uh, it's bottom-of-the-barrel bad. There's, uh, my favorite song on that album is uh, "Pinocchio Story, which is the very last song, which is just a live freestyle. Um,
1: freestyle in the sense of free association, or just a freestyle as in there's no topic? Because those are two... Free,
2: sh- free association but there is a, a developed story throughout it, and it's six minutes long, it's very good.
1: If you want to go listen to a real freestyle, a real good, uh, not not the sense of free association, if you want to do that, go listen to the various Eminem shows on Westwood One from back in the day, uh, a really good, no particular topic rap, go listen to No Omega by Rakim, I think it's 88 bars, where he just goes without, a, without much of a chorus until the very end, and it's some of the best technical rhyming you'll hear on record. Period. He's, he was the best, he is the best um, to ever do it. Uh, he's the greatest of all time and it's one of, one of my proudest moments that I got to interview him in, uh, really? in New Jersey when well, I do a lot of sports stuff but they sent me one year to cover uh, Poor Righteous Teachers, Rakim, Brand Nubian and I believe there was one other band there uh, at a show in, at the Trenton Armory. In the December, and I remember going into the room where Rock Kim was, and he was late to the show, and I was—it it looked like he was going to stiff me on the interview. And his 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 manager brought me into that room, and it was loud, and there was a lot of smoke and everything. And at one point, point you know, I went to approach him, and I turned on my tape recorder, and Rock Kim just goes quiet, and then all of a sudden, you went from a party to you can hear a pin drop, while he was speaking. Wow, it it was great um i think brand Nubian refused to talk to me because of something one of our other writers had written about their kind of reputation before mm. beforehand but that was one of the coolest experiences of my life uh mm. outside of baseball
2: um I, there's another good rap story i can tell on a different podcast yeah we need to get this thing over with we're, especially if we're not we haven't talked about baseball but that's, 15 okay. Minutes. that's okay that's okay we'll see we'll see if we get hate mail um, but yeah, so, sure. Send us an email if you hate us. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll, d- we'll t- probably delete it. But if you love us, you know, My, send us email or, money. You know, whatever. No, don't send us money.
1: Don't. Uh, uh, our our, uh, our our handles on Twitter. I'm at jnorris427. He's at Hudson Bolinsky. Um, I'm a picture of a badger. He's a picture of Bo Bolinsky. Um, and our emails. Mine's JoshNorris at BaseballAmerica dot
2: and. Uh, you can get me at the uh, public one would be H at the com.
1: okay so for Hudson Bolinsky this is Josh Norris saying thank you for the download bye